Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. It's also important to note that there's always two sides, sometimes more, to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and theirs alone. Not everyone will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say. So please try and keep that in mind. Today's podcast is my guest's version of events, and there'll always be others who see it differently. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on all those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this my own podcast. I still pinch myself, but thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime. So six weeks old, he takes me back, knocks on the front door, pushes the bassinet into my mother's arms and she said, I don't want to. So she hands me back to him. They're pushing and shoving this bassinet like, what am I going to do with them? Last week, we heard from Tracy Oldham about her traumatic childhood where she was never shown any type of love from really the minute that she was born. And during last week's interview, I asked her at one point if she could remember any fun times that she had as a kid. And she was unusually silent. She could not think of one time. With a bit of prompting, she said that she did enjoy escaping into drains where she wasn't abused, bullied or totally disregarded. Today is part two and to be honest it doesn't get any easier to listen to but she wants to help others and God knows why because nobody wanted to help her. So let's continue talking with Tracy and learn how she's giving back and again, like I say, to a community that gave her nothing. She really is an incredible woman, and, and thanks again, Tracy. Uh, we were talking last week about 
being on the scrap heap, a shocking expression, but that's how it appeared. So can we continue on from there? Tell us about meeting your husband. Is is that the first time you'd ever felt a love um, of any sort or can you tell us about that? Look, I don't know what it was. I was in a really dark place. He was just showed me interest and I just went along with it. He was a nice guy. No, but, you know, like he had no – he just kept coming around all the time and it was like he became a habit and my auntie kept saying to me, when are you going to settle down? You know, like your mother, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up getting married just to shut her up. But um, it wasn't a bad marriage because – but he worked interstate and I never saw him. I used to laugh and call myself a single married woman because he was just never home. He liked the idea of being married as long as he didn't have to be in the house. And I don't – nothing had changed in my life. I was still on my own. I'd done everything. People used to ask me, you know, was I still with him because I never saw him. Um, so nothing changed. He was emotionally distant. And the older the kids got, while they were in the puppy stage, he doted over them. But then when they got to the independent age, especially the boys, he didn't know how to handle it because he hadn't had a proper family himself. So he kept getting longer and longer and longer legs, you know, legs means I'm going into state. And it got to this, he'd take on extra um, jobs and he'd, he'd be gone for weeks at a time. And I thought, oh my God. So one day he just, um, the kids got to be teenagers and he just decided he, he went to work one day and it was the day we shifted house. I was in the process of actually moving the furniture and my son come in with a horrified look on his face. I said, what's wrong? He goes, dad's not coming home. I said, well, has he got another um, job? No, he's not coming home. He's sick of being a married man. Oh, Next thing I find out is with a woman with kids of her own. I thought, and then um, that's when it really got hard. Oh my God, I lost everything. I'd saved my whole life to buy a house. Um, I'd lost everything. He, I didn't realise he had a double life going on, and I had to declare bankruptcy because I was married, and I lost literally everything. I ended up having to live in a motel that um, couldn't stay. Got ended up lying to a real estate agent, said I was sharing with a friend just so I could get the place, but I've got a fantastic payment record, so that didn't bugger up, but he destroyed me, financially destroyed me, and 2010 I tried to commit suicide again. I couldn't take it. I thought this is it. I just cannot live this life anymore. It's just too hard. It just doesn't get any better. And then um, – my cousin came into the hospital absolutely screaming about what a coward I was. How dare I abandon my children? I should be disgusted in myself. She left and I went in and tried to hang myself. No one understood. I'd had a lifetime of being rejected and it was a lot. I, I, just, I just thought life just doesn't get any better. It's, you know, you'd think by the time you're 40 it would, but no, it didn't. It just went backwards more and more. It was terrible. Tracy, was there a time when you were like with your husband, um, your ex-husband, you were together, you said, 19 years. Was there a couple of glimpses of times when you felt loved by him? No, I think he, he, 
I don't really know what he... <laughs> he wasn't a bad man, don't get me wrong. He was a good worker, he was a good provider, good father, but it's like he just wanted people to know that he had a family, but he didn't want to be with them. Um, he didn't mistreat me, but he just didn't do anything. It was like, like he'd come home and... Like he hadn't seen his three kids for weeks and then he said, I've got to go and go around and see my mates and he'd be gone all day. It's like he just didn't want to be there. Then when he left, I thought, well, why did you leave? You weren't even here, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that it was, it was the most bizarre thing. It was just emotionally detached and sometimes that's worse, you know, because they're just indifferent whether you're there or not. And then I became disabled and that really just, he didn't like my disability. He hated it. He, that was starting to really crowd him. Tell me about that. Well, obviously when you're disabled, you're fatigued a lot. Um, in 1997, I had my daughter. Six months later, I went. I became paralysed and they thought I had a tumour on my spine, but it worked out that I had MS. And... Um, as the time went on, well, obviously I was just getting less and less active because I went from doing endurance bike riding and endurance horse riding to literally just doing nothing other than, I mean, I was on every committee at school, but my my active life had died. And um, every time he'd want to do something, well, it was always ridiculous things that he knew I couldn't do. And, like, I kept saying to him, you do realise we're not 20 anymore, don't you? And it was like he was going through some midlife crisis that he wanted to be a youth again and he kept telling me he was sick of being lumbered with, you know, a vegetable. So, and I said, well, you know where the door is, fuck off. And he did. Mm. Oh, you did tell him. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> uh, I've always had this thing, don't stay where you're not wanted and don't make me feel bad for what I am. You know, if you don't like it, the door's always open. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ring and carry on like some pathetic women going, oh, my God, come back to me. No, you don't want me. Simple. Don't come. That's it. I didn't make a big issue about it. Why he went about it was wrong. It was absolutely despicable what he'd done to me. That was to justify his guilt. Um, but that's history now. Another one of my <laughs> chapters. You've got a few chapters in that life, Tracy. I've got to say, goodness me. I'm going to have to write a trilogy because I can't fit it all in. I mean, I've told you nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's going back to what you said about the scrap heap. I mean, people don't realise, like, when I spoke to a few people about what is a forgotten Australian and they actually just don't know. And when I told them, they go, oh, well, at least they had somewhere to stay. Like, I just... <laughs> Dismiss it, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? Did you just say that? I said, what sort of background do you come from? What was your life like? And they tell you, and I went, right, and you've got the audacity to comment. I mean... Yeah, you're right. They don't realise it's hard enough growing in that sort of environment, but... Not every child is told that they know they were unwanted. Kids just get shunted through the system. I mean, they know that they don't live with their family, but that's about all they do know. But in my case, it was worse because people, as I said, they derived pleasure from letting me know that I was an abortion going wrong every day. Now, you grow up with that, that gives you a very, very twisted um, 
idea of what you're what you're like you think there's something wrong with you there must have been she tried to kill it kill me she kept all the other kids and got rid of me and this is what I'd be told every day because I was rubbish it, it's a terrible thing to grow up knowing that you were that discarded you were so unimportant in someone's life that they could literally just discard you a human being and not even care. They're not a human being, Tracy. Anybody that treats anybody, let alone a child like that, is is not a human being. Well, I've always tried to, Carol always says I could justify the devil. I just always see the good in people. There's always got to be a reason people do things. But when I look at my life, I actually can't justify it. They were just very, very broken, damaged people in their own lives and they took it out on me. Um, now, when I was six, two weeks old, my mother gave me away, as I said. Four weeks, my uncle had me, and he took me back. So six weeks old, he takes me back, knocks on the front door, pushes the bassinet into my mother's arms, and she said, I don't want to. So she hands me back to him. They're pushing and shoving this bassinet, like, what am I going to do with them? Finally, my uncle walks off in the half. They're arguing all the way up the driveway. He gra- she grabs me and puts me in the car. He takes me out of the car and puts me on the bloody front lawn. Well, she left me there. <laughs> so he drives off. She- Tracy, stop laughing. Like, <laughs> seriously, you could, not, you could not make this up. It is, it is so inconceivable. I... Oh my god, I don't know where to I go. I mean, they with couldn't it. understand. <laughs> they took me to the hospital that night. I've only got a soaking wet nappy. My nose is so clogged with snot, green snot, that I couldn't breathe. I'm nearly dying of pneumonia. And they turned around and said, "Why is she in this condition?" And then everyone started the blame game. Nobody would. <laughs> they don't know. Oh, she's always sick. So it was my fault. They turned it back on me. <laughs> but there was, but there was a bright time in your life there's been a couple of bright times in your life your three kids but also tell me about your brother when you reconnected with your brother 2012 I decided to search for my siblings on Facebook I found a few of them Um, what I didn't mention was in 1996 I was reading the newspaper and I happened to notice that one, one of my brothers had died no one thought to tell me. Um, when I I went to ask my um, my mother, why didn't you tell me? She goes, well, it's got nothing to do with you. He was only a half-brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> I met my brother in 2012. Uh, sorry, contacted him through Facebook. He didn't really talk for a while. Found my sister who emailed me back and uh, messaged me back and said, I don't know you. Don't even bother contacting me. My nephew said, fuck off, you're not my family. Mm. <laughs> it went well. My biological sister turned around, just ignored me, just outright ignored me. So only Paul was the only one. And it was through him that I've at least been able to put a little bit of my the puzzles into my life. It's been good because before that I just had a lot of bitter people with hearsay. He actually told me some nice stories that made me feel that, at one stage, at least he cared about me that I didn't even know. <laughs> I mean, I've had a missing fingertip my whole life and my auntie told me it was because my mother 
um, <laughs> cut it off in the pram. Well, I met my brother Paul in 2017 and we had quite a few bottles of wine and he grips my hand and he gently holds it and he had the most saddest look on his face. He goes, Tracy, I need to tell you something. I thought, oh, my God, what? He goes, I'm so sorry. I went, what for? He goes, your finger. I went, what about it? He goes, you're missing a tip of your finger. And I went, yeah. And I thought it was hysterical because it's a funny little stumpy thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he done it. He slammed the door on me. Um, I slammed the door on my finger and, and chopped my fingertip off. And he goes, do you know what? To this day, he goes, oh, I've never just felt being guilt ridden. I went, are you kidding? I said, this has been a talking point my whole life. I said, it's been grouse. <laughs> <laughs> you were important so, because you had a missing tip of a finger. Yes. Oh, I, my God. Because I was, I was the class clown, so that would always be my show point, you know. Like, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what disturbs people. And he cut all my curls off apparently. So that was that gave me a human side to, that, that I actually did have a – you know, somebody, which probably seemed ridiculous. You've, you've actually got a very um, clever, quick, uh, a great sense of humour. Where does that come from? Oh, my father was a fruitcake. He, he was, my father no, no, had a hang on. shocking sense I of didn't, I didn't say you were a fruitcake. <laughs> I said no, he you did. Had... He had a... <laughs> I do. I get it from my father. He had a very wicked sense of humour. But I... They say that the, the clowns are the saddest and I think, I don't know why, I've always, even it's when I was being at my worst abuse, everyone used to call me smiley. I always smiled. Now, how's that for bizarre? Um, and when I got to high school, I was like the class clown you wouldn't believe. I was the epitome of a class clown. If there was any practical jokes to be done, you could back it in. I was behind it. Yeah. My name was already printed on the principal's um, <laughs> detention list and I hadn't even uh, – and I used to say, I haven't done anything. They said, yes, but you will. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, Tracy, um, you've mentioned your – mum and dad well obviously a lot but have you reconnected with them at any stage i knew my father my whole life he um, lived with me on and off um- how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Because um, he was in the Merchant Navy. So I only saw him a few times a year. And he stuck by me, not that he, well, I use them words loosely because he'd done nothing. He could have got a place for me when I was younger, but yeah. he was a coward. So yep. my mother, um, my uncle used to have fits of rage and he used to dump me either at the St. Joseph's baby home in the middle of the night or he'd dump me off at my auntie, uh, my mother's out the front of her house. Mm. And she'd look out the window and I'd stand there looking at her and she'd just leave me. She didn't even try to contact me. Like she just left me there in the dark, a kid. So I ended up going to – I remembered where she lived. And I, in 1997 I went to see her. Um, oh, she'd moved to Queensland by then, but I'd seen her before that. But 1997 I actually went to Queensland to visit the whole family. Well, the most bizarre thing happened. She opened up the front door, held her hand up in front of my face, said, I'll talk to you, but don't talk about the past. Oh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, um, I got on fantastic with my siblings. I mean, except Paul wasn't there. I don't know where he was. I never saw him. Now, I was there. I ended up extending my stay for another week. The most bizarre thing happened. We got on so well. I came home. I never saw them again, never heard from them again. I contacted them. Are we going to speak? Everyone pretended they weren't home. Oh, but I can hear them in the background because I'd get their boyfriends or whatever to answer. I said, but I can hear them talking. If you don't want contacts, please just say so. But, yeah, I did. I saw my mother and and um, it was actually good because my whole life I had a chip on my shoulder. I had a real Walton syndrome. I, I actually believed that I had missed on a really loving family. Little did I know that they were all basket cases themselves and I was the most um, level-headed out of all of them. Mm-hmm. They all had chips on their shoulders, whereas I didn't. And I had more reason to have a chip on my shoulder than any of them. But um, when I came home, it actually was it was very cathartic because I thought I'd miss nothing. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had known that because I probably – would have made a lot of difference how I um, my mindset because I suffered terribly. I suffered like you wouldn't believe. I was obs- I You remember the Waltons? Yeah, I do. Good night. Is that good night, John Boy? 
Not Mary Allen. Yes, well, yep. I was absolutely obsessed with that show. I mean, abnormally obsessed. Like I would transfer <laughs> myself to one of them, and I, that was. I envisaged that's what all families were like, but they weren't. <laughs> But growing up, you know, like other kids would always tease, oh, you've got no family, they didn't want you, ha, ah. And then I'd think of looking at the Waltons and then I went and met them and I thought, oh, my God, all those years I pined for fruitcakes. Mm. They're all bloody mental cases. Mm. So. But, but, but the other um, light in your life, tell me about that, about Carol. Well, that was a bizarre thing because I hadn't even – um, I was with someone when I was 18, but that was more just company. I went on a dating site, but I wasn't even – I was just talking about general chit-chat because that's all I do. I don't – I just ramble on. Anyway, I mentioned something about coming out in a, in a, a later age, um, but it was just a general conversation. Anyway, this random woman writes back and just says um, – you know, like if you should ever need to talk to anyone, I'm always here, blah, blah, blah. So we just struck up a conversation, but I don't know why. It was just like for the first time I was thinking about someone other than my kids and it was just a gradual progression. I went over to the UK and um, we got married while I was over there. God. that was, it Was that quick? Did that happen quickly? Oh, was it with it? Months, few months of bomb by. I was just 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 doing the um the shortened version, so I didn't put you to sleep. But my kids, before I left, I yeah. said I said to my kids, um, you know, because I wouldn't tell them. And Carol said, "Have you told your kids? No, not yet. If you don't tell them, I will." I said, "I'm going to stop pressuring me." Well, I still hadn't. Anyway, finally, my two boys. Oh my God, we're playing um PlayStation. And they were in the middle of a car game. Well, I'm going, boys, I need to talk to you. When I say boys, I mean, they were 17 and 18, 19, whatever they were. I said, boys, I need to talk to you. Can it wait? No, it can't. But I've got to get 3,000 points to do such a – I don't care. This is important. Don't. I'm going to go off the road. I'm thinking, oh, my God. So here's me trying to be deep and meaningful, and they're in the middle of a crisis because of their PlayStation game. They finished it. Yes, Mum, what can we do for you? Oh, then I didn't know what to say because I felt stupid. Oh, um, um, would well, you know I've been talking to someone on, on yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, can you hurry up? My game's running out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, I told them and they turned around to me and go, we don't care, Mum, as long as you're happy. Oh, how lovely. They didn't care less and they've embraced her from the day they met her. Never, ever queried the fact that she's a female because, really, I am still the same person. I don't walk around with bother boots and shaved head. You know, I am woman. Yeah. I'm just the same person. Yeah. And that's made the difference too because, say she, we're both just normal people who go about our business, pay our bills. My life's a bit strange for her to understand because she's never experienced or even known anyone to go through this. So that took a lot of adjusting and a lot of anger. Like she just wanted to um, murder everyone that was involved. And even now if I mention it too much, she just she can't take it. She can't deal with it. It's just too much for her. 
Well, hopefully right at this moment, Tracy, she's out somewhere not listening because she will be getting angry because... Oh, she's in the other room, so she's Oh, my calling, goodness, but... yeah, I don't want to cause any anger. Um, no, no, she knows what it's about and she knows um, she knows what I do. So the thing is it's not that she doesn't talk about it. She just it, it kills her. She can't stand oh, it and she feels powerless. I cannot, uh, yeah, I can imagine you would feel powerless, yep. Well, I'll show you the difference, whereas my ex-husband went to work for my um, the guy that used to rape me and I said to him, you pig, you do realise he used to rape me when I was seven? Yeah, but I need a job. I said, you're a fucking arsehole. I said, you're an absolute arsehole. I said, that shows me what you think of me. <laughs> so that's the difference. See, the people would get over it. It happened years ago. Can't you move on? And that's the story of your life when you're in abuse. You know, move mm. on. Stop mm. dwelling on it. Uh- I'm just so um, pleased for you, Tracy, that you've found, um, you know, somebody that you love and somebody that loves you and um, I, I'm just, you deserve, and I hate that word deserve, but you do, you deserve some happiness. You deserve some um, gentleness in your life, you know, um, Hey, Tracy, uh, we might have to um, um, wrap it up, uh, start wine. <laughs> yeah, we might. Um, so can you just tell me, there's a couple of things I want to speak about before we wrap it up. There was um, a little bit about speak up and just for causes, but the main one is you've become a self-publisher of your own, of your autobiography. So first of all, tell us. I just love the book, the, the name of the book. So can you tell us the name of the book and uh, where people can order a copy? Okay. It's called My Shitty Life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I could find anything more apt than that. I think it just about sums it up. But yeah. then again, it's not all about, you know, like – um, and I'm taking pre-orders because I'm trying to raise the money to actually get us to publish and they rip you blind. So yeah. um, I've, I've got a lot of interest in it. It's really good because I don't sit there and bang on about woe is me. I just state the facts. This is what happened and this is what I've done and I'm not trying to make out that um, I've got all the answers. I can only say in the book what worked for me, what happened to me, and at the end of the day, if I can get through my shitty life, anyone can because I've had more bad luck than I think anyone could possibly have in their life yet. Somehow or other, I'm still here, and I feel better in myself than I've ever felt. Um mm. It's lovely, yeah. This writing the book's been terrible because it's been very confronting. It's very triggering. But they say if you can't talk about a topic, you know you're not healed. Well, I'm talking about things now that I've. it's taken me 59 years to do. So, and the thing is, as I've said to people, healing and recovery isn't an overnight thing. It won't happen today, it won't happen tomorrow, but eventually it will happen and people just have to hang on to that thought and they've got to get better for themselves not for other people Mm, it's true so many people are guilted because they're told look how you're making me feel you're making me feel depressed oh don't you understand you're so miserable 
But they stop to think that if they're, if you're making them miserable, how the hell are they feeling? Mm, you're right, yep. I tell you what, Tracy, I could never call you miserable. In fact, you've got every right to feel miserable. But my goodness. Oh, shit happens. What a, that was uh, going to be the other title, Shit Happens, but I thought, no, my <laughs> shitty life was better. I actually like <laughs> my said, shitty because, life. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, Carol's great because, I mean, like she got a bit shirty today because I tend to um, get into my head when I'm writing. It's like, don't speak to me, don't look at me. And sometimes I forget, sometimes I forget like she may actually want to have a conversation every now and then. So I've got to sort of um, back off with that a bit. But uh, because I, I'm editing it at the moment and each time I edit, uh, it's very time-consuming and you find that, oh, I might add something else. So, And I've just it's just about to go to the publisher, so... Oh, that's so exciting. And just a, a little word of advice. Um, you embrace the fact that you have somebody at home, and I'm sure you do. I but do. Embrace the fact that Carol wants to talk to you because I just think how lucky uh, and fortunate you both are to find one another and to have one another. So um, you put that you put that book down and you talk to Carol. <laughs> hey listen, I just want I just want to um ask you two more things about speak up and just for causes. Do you want to give them a bit of a plug and then we'll have to wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Quickly, um just for causes is a um it's a group I founded. It's a charitable group actually. Um because as I've said, I know firsthand what it was to um, to have to live hand to mouth with charity, especially with my children after num num nuts left. Um, so I decided to give back to the community, and I founded this. Um, didn't know what to call. I called it just for causes because that's what it is. It is just for causes. So each year we nominate a um, cause. We will do a fundraiser. Beyond Blue was the last one, and we donate 100% of the profits to um, to whatever cause we do. It's only my son, myself, and um, my daughter that help. We get a couple of fam- couple of friends that help, but as a rule, we just do it ourselves and love every minute of it. At the moment, because of COVID, we can't really do a lot because it's a bit up in the air and with numbers. But everyone knows we've got a great following. Um, um, the next thing I'm going to do is domestic violence expo, and I'm also going to—I'd like to do one on child abuse. So, the next thing I'm going to do is to speak up. All survivors matter. It's got—it's um, just for every issue, every daily issue, every mental health issue. It covers every possible conceivable thing that a human being could go through. It's got a huge following. It's—it's it's great. I mean, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I've got a wonderful following because I am so versatile so broad I don't try to pigeonhole things people got issues what I'll do is each morning I'll have a look to see what people are sort of talking about and you always seem to get a a general idea of what sort of mood people are in so I'll post things about that topic that day and you've got no idea the messages I get it's lovely just to say well thank you so much I feel better now I was feeling like I wanted to suicide and now I feel and just that couple of words just makes it all worthwhile yeah Yeah, that's so true and so how do people let's go with the uh just for causes first um have you got well it's just 
Yeah, just with the number four causes. It's one word, just four causes. You can Google it, it comes up. Okay. I mean, my face is, I mean, I, I've got it, I might as well have the most wanted because I've got every, people only have to type my name in and bloody hell, I didn't realise so much comes up. No, that's great. Okay. And is that the same for Speak Up? Yeah, just Speak Up, All Survivors Matter, and that will come up as well. They're, um, as I said, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, so believe me, you'll find it one way or another. Um, and as for my book, as I said, you can email me um, and I can send you the details if you'd like to pre-order. Um, gonna that'll go towards too as well. I would like really like to do a workshop for um, for abuse survivors. Um, and I'm hopefully by the time this book gets to being published, just before it's published, I'd like to say that one of the members of the Victorian government will actually listen and do something instead of making false promises. And they will make voluntary placement survivors recognised as care leavers. Well, Tracy, thank you um, so much for oh, just your openness, your honesty, um, and I just love your attitude. I don't know how you've got that attitude, mind you, but you obviously have a strength, an inner strength that uh, I don't know where you've got it from, but, boy, You've got it in bucket loads. So, Tracy, thank you for um, everything. Good luck with um, your book. I just love it, My Shitty Life. Uh, <laughs> and uh, good luck with Speak Up and Just for Causes. Just the, I appreciate what, that. Thank the, you. The, the fact that you're putting so much back into the community when really you could be excused for thinking, pardon me, fuck the community. Um I just think I don't know how you do it. Anyway, look, have um, good luck with everything, Tracy. And again, thank you so much for. Well, look, I really appreciate that you giving me the opportunity to come on. It was very, very thoughtful of you. Thank you. Uh, the least I could do. All right, good luck with everything, Tracy, and thanks again. Okay. See you, mate. Bye bye. Bye. It's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review. And please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.